In this episode, we discuss the liminal mystery of Mercury retrograde and how to make it work for you, the upcoming Cancer full moon, and other astrological shifts including Uranus direct and the nodes of fate moving into Taurus and Scorpio. There's so much ground to cover and this was a really beautiful dive, so let's jump in together. Welcome to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you're into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you've stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred site activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian Age. You may learn more about my work and budding mystery school at earthseedtemplearts.com or follow Earthseed Temple Arts on Instagram. This community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective, and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your medicine. Oh, great ancient ones, great ancestors, we call to you. May you hear the voices of your descendants traversing through time and space. We humbly ask for your support, your wise medicine ways, and your genius solutions in these times. Dear ancestors, we wish to partner with you, for we know we cannot do this alone. As we traverse the mystery, we ask that you, our starry ancestors, are with us each breath of the way. May we have clarity of mind and crystalline vision to see through the dark. May we walk our paths of high holy truth, as that is what is needed now more than ever. And so it is. Welcome to another episode of Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am so grateful to circle up with you all through this portal, through this liminal space. And this episode is definitely going to be all about going into the depths. We're at episode number 43 of Star Stones and Stories. And as I like to work with numerology, that is a seven and my birth date adds up into a seven. And this is a number that is all about trust 
and how we may open our hearts as we learn to trust and source. If you listen to episode 42, which was about my last pilgrimage in Kemet in Egypt and being in the void of the great eclipse, that great eclipse that was conjunct, the great attractor in the void of all voids. It was a powerful eclipse that I'm learning many people were sick, many people left their bodies. I'm also learning a lot more through my own studies of astrology with eclipses, and I look forward to sharing more with you in due time. Currently in my life, I am finishing a 15,000-word dissertation as I'm culminating my three-year journey through the Safaya Center in study of receiving a Master of Arts in Cultural Astronomy and Astrology. So much of my attention is there. With that, we're going to just dive into these topics that we're going to cover in this episode. There's a richness here as I'm recording this on the day that Mercury has stationed retrograde, and we're going to be speaking quite in depth about this Mercury retrograde and the psychopomp energy that is one that is near and dear to my heart. The psychopomp is an archetypal figure that really helps us to see into the depths, to see into and through the liminal spaces, to really feel, to decipher the world of symbols, which is really and truly the language of the other world. This psychopomp frequency is a frequency that has guided my life on many different levels and continues to layer by layer as I deepen my ancestral practices, my elemental medicine work, as I deepen my connections to the Egyptian cosmology, to the Netaru, to the ancient goddesses and ancient gods of Kemet through pilgrimage and through academic study and through spiritual study and through my own meditation and my own receivings from the land of Egypt itself. So there's a lot of layers here and I'm going to help thread some of these for you in this episode. And this concept of the psychopomp, it is a Greek word and it is a word for one who is a messenger for the gods and goddesses on behalf of humanity, also one who helps escort recently departed souls to the otherworldly, underworldly realms. There's many different ways you can break that frequency down. And so from Greek philosophy, we know of Hecate, being a psychopomp, Persephone being a psychopomp, and absolutely Mercury Hermes. 
And on this day, as Mercury has stationed retrograde and we have Venus also in her descent into the hidden realms, this is a beautiful time to open up this topic. And really, we could say on some level, the ancestors, our ancestors are psychopomps for us in our lives as they bridge the world of the living with the otherworldly realms. And this whole journey of ancestral healing is so much about how do we strengthen the bridge between us and our ancestors so that bridge between the ancestors and the other world is fully accessible for each one of us. And I would also like to say that our ancestors are more than our bloodline. Yes, we do have our ancestors from whom we came from uh, are very much threaded through the bones and the structure of our DNA and our blood line. And our ancestors are also our star line and our star lineages and our soul family. The soul family may be beings we've traveled with through many different lifetimes. Our ancestors are also the guides and masters who have come before us that perhaps we've known in the physical form or we've been incredibly inspired by and we feel some sort of soul bond with. And it's like when when we know someone has lived before us and maybe we've never known them, but we're just so drawn into their work, their art, their creativity, their lives, that can be someone who is like an ancestor. So I share that because our connection with the ancestral realm is very similar to this connection with the psychopomp frequency. Some of us come from bloodlines that feel very challenged and we all have healthy well ancestors and our lineage somewhere just like we all have oppressors and some form of colonizer or someone who abused power within our lineage we've got the whole gamut part of this journey with ancestral healing is to believe in that because for some people that can be quite a leap and also part of the journey is to find ways to access those ancestors that have the talents and the gifts that can assist us in this lifetime. And I want to say that we don't have to go far to access this. It is actually literally in the bones of our body and through the elemental wisdom of the earth and the fire and the water and the ether and the minerals and all the nature spirits. It's here surrounding each and every one of us. And I say that because a lot of people are in some ways complicating the ancestral connection and healing and medicine paths. 
it's for all of us and it's already within us. Each one of us, regardless of what part of the world our bloodline is from, that bloodline goes all the way back into the heart of indigenous wisdom. And it is that heart of the indigenous wisdom that can really guide us into how we are co-creating this new earth. When I was in Egypt this last December in 2021, the total solar Sagittarius eclipse, like it felt like it literally like swallowed me into this cosmic womb void space. In that space, there were a number of ego and soul deaths that I went through, as well as losing one of the most beloved teachers I've had in this physical form, which I spoke about in the last episode, and I will continue to refer to Elder Maladoma Somme because his teachings have left an imprint upon my psyche, and they are so vast, and I'm so grateful for his life and the medicine that he helped many of us reawaken within our bodies. His medicine path as a healer and a teacher and a mentor, and we could even say a shaman from West Africa, was so much to remind, to reawaken within the consciousness of all of humanity that we all have indigenous wisdom within our body. And when I was in this void on pilgrimage in Egypt, there were spaces and places I had to look at my own life. I came to so many different realizations. This concept of like soul family, I've been thinking about it a lot because I believe for many of us within the last few years, really for some of us, we could even go back to about 2016, there has been uh, kind of this rearrangement happening, people leaving and coming and going. There's been a purification of many, many different social circles. And I think that this rearrangement will continue to happen. And it's like an opportunity for each one of us to really align with our true soul tribes. And so in turn, some of us have been feeling pretty lonely because there hasn't been many kind of soul people around. And I want to say that I believe that clarification is coming and that that's going to shift. And over the next four years, I believe new soul tribes, soul families are going to be built. So there's like this renaissance being birthed. And this renaissance is absolutely this new earth that we are all collectively birthing. And it's such an amazing time to be in physical form on earth. And it's a blessing. And we have to remember that we came here, whether consciousness remembers, we came here for these times. And as we're witnessing great 
death and destruction in our collective culture, we're also rebirthing and renewing and really transforming into something that humanity has never seen here on earth. And this is this new earth concept is not a new age concept. I want to be really clear about that because some streams of the new age community have really, we could say, hijacked it on some level. And I, I say this with the greatest respect. I grew up in the new age community from when I was a preteen onward. I, mean, I want to say what is happening with this concept of the new earth that is being birthed is actually ancient indigenous wisdom. The way I personally see it as ancient future timeless wisdom. This is where the medicine of our bones and the medicine of Mother Earth and our star tribe, our star seed, homelands and spaces and places, there's this beautiful alchemy that is happening between all of them. I shared this quote recently on social media from Elder Maladoma Somme, and I think it's so beautiful. I, I would like to share it with you all. Whether they are raised in indigenous or modern culture, there are two things that people crave, the full realization of their innate gifts and to have these gifts approved, acknowledged, and confirmed. There are countless people in the West whose efforts are sadly wasted because they have no means of expressing their unique gifts. In the psyches of such people, there is an inner power and authority that fails to shine because the world around them is blind to it. I believe that this is a foundational concept to our creation of the new earth is that this new earth consciousness is a place where every person's medicine is welcomed and seen to be of value and is acknowledged and uplifted where we all feel that sense of belonging. That is really what we're building. It's important that those of us who hold spaces for community sharing and growing and teaching and empowerment, that we really are cultivating spaces that feel empowering, that people's medicine is really coming more to the surface and that people feel seen and honored and welcomed for their medicine. Mercury is the messenger god seen with wings on his shoes. He's also known as Hermes. And as I mentioned, he's rooted into the archetype of Thoth, Tehuti Jehut, of ancient Egypt of Kemet. I believe that it's important for us to travel into the realm of Thoth to understand Mercury retrogrades with a new vision, a new landscape, understanding the realm of the psychopomp and the importance of the liminal space. When collectively we go through Mercury retrogrades, you will see and hear many 
people telling you what to do, how to prepare for it, how to be worried, how to blame everything on Mercury retrograde. There's a lot of drama that's put out in the astrological realm by astrologers and other people who are interested in astrology. I personally find it kind of funny. (laughs) I've always really enjoyed Mercury retrogrades. Yes, they can cause glitches in technology. And yes, communication can be misunderstood. And yes, sometimes travel is a little, you know, there's delays and cancellations and that can be frustrating. Yes, I acknowledge absolutely all of that. And I want to say that the gifts that Mercury retrograde provides is way more outstanding than the challenges that come with these retrogrades. And we have to understand that pop astrology, the kind of astrology that is delivered to the masses, like if I write a horoscope and I say, um, you know, this is your year ahead for sun signs in Gemini, that is generally read and there can be accuracies and there are definitely some really top-notch astrologers out there that have found ways to speak to the masses. I think that's beautiful. There was an astrologer, Alan Leo, who created this concept of sun sign astrology in the early 1900s. He was part of the Theosophical Society. Between him and Blavatsky, they had this vision to transform collective consciousness. So Alan Leo helped create this concept of sun sign astrology so that it could be printed for the masses and publicized to the collective in an easy way, in an easy format. From that time, from the early 1900s onward, for many, many years, including when I first got introduced to astrology in the early 1990s, sun sign astrology was kind of what people assumed astrology really was. I believe that since the early 2000s, there's been this like renaissance with astrology and it's continuing to expand and grow. And there are a lot of astrologers who are interested in providing some more depth for people. So we're all learning this together. And it's part of the reason why I've created this podcast and why I spend so much time crafting it for you all because there's a lot of time behind the scenes in research and preparing then the time to record and to see what wants to come through is a whole other layer and level. I offer this because I know that it benefits all of us. As I share my knowledge, I'm inspired and I'm actually pushed to continue to grow and expand my knowledge so I can share more with you and I can learn more myself and then you can learn more and then you can share more with others whom you know and so on and so on. All of this is so connected 
to Mercury as that archetype of communication and what we share and how we learn. As we consider Thoth from ancient Egypt, he was known as the divine author, the place taker of Ra, the heart of Ra, the bull of justice. And quite often his imagery can be seen as in human form with the head of an ibis, or sometimes he will be fully in the ibis form, or as a baboon, which was one of his more kind of primordial forms that you saw in ancient, ancient Egypt, because the baboon had a lot to say with the rising of the sun. And we know Ra as the god of sun, the the sun, the creator of all through that light that rises in the east and sets in the west and east being the place of new life and rebirth and renaissance and the west being this place the space of death and where we go back and we're swallowed literally by nuts for another cycle of regeneration. And Thoth is the god of wisdom, of medicine, of science, very much connected with the moon and the lunar cycles. Thoth was seen as Ra's messenger among humans, as the creator of the alphabet, of writing, of mathematics, of astronomy, of astrology. He recorded the verdict of the judgment of souls in the underworld and was considered the creator god at his cult center in Hermopolis. Now, Thoth, as we know, is very much connected to Ra. And there's this quote from a text where he says, I am Thoth, the eldest son of Ra, who a tomb has fashioned, created from Kepfri. I descend to earth with the secrets of what belongs to the horizon. And we know of the horizon as the achet. And a tomb and kafri are other forms of Ra. So they are there are these three main forms, and Thoth is the one who essentially came into the world bearing secrets and mystery. As god of science and medicine, he gave Isis the charms, the the magic that brought Osiris back to life long enough to father Horus. And we explored that story in episode one of Starstones and Stories. And it is one of the most important stories from ancient Egypt, this whole journey of Isis and Osiris, and there's so many different layers to it and ways it can be told. Thoth was the source of rhetoric, creating the names for objects, the alphabet, inventing hieroglyphic writing, arithmetic, and the tracking of the stars, the sun, the moon. Thoth was known as Ra's assistants. And as Ra said in a sacred text, inasmuch as I shall act so that the light may shine in the underworld, 
You shall scribe there and keep in order those who reside there and those who may perform deeds of rebellion against me. You shall be in my place. Thus you shall be called Thoth, the place taker of Ra. So this is very significant. Thoth is Ra's right hand god. He is literally the heart of Ra, meaning Ra's source of wisdom, Ra's source of compassion. We know in the Egyptian cosmology, the heart is incredibly significant, much more than the brain or any other organ in the body. And from the ancient Taoist cosmology, it is through the heart that one may literally travel through time and space. Thoth had his place on the solar boat where he and Ma'at each day would set the course, the journey of Ra. And Ra gave Thoth the moon to balance his sun. Thoth used his knowledge of mathematics to measure the seasons, to regulate time, to survey the heavens and form the shape of the earth. He kept everything in sacred equilibrium. His celestial mathematics were formed from written records of the seasons and geometry. And in addition, in the pyramid text, he was assigned a role in the underworld, which was ferrying the dead across the winding waterway on his wings. A champion of the dead king, he would protect any dead king from those who would do him harm and help the king cross over. He was also a protector and a messenger of the gods, and his specific duty was to protect the eye of Horus and see that it was conveyed to the king as he sought immortality. Thoth also kept the records of judgments on the dead and for writing letters on behalf of the gods at Heliopolis. He said, in another text, I have brought the palette and the ink pot as being the objects that are in the hands of Thoth, hidden that which is in them. Behold me in the character of a scribe. So Thoth is always attached with hidden knowledge, even that which he wrote and the records he kept are hidden and are veiled in mystery. At times he was known to be the sole author of the Book of the Dead. However, in other times, it was said he wrote sections of the Book of the Dead. He also had a connection to what is called the Book of Breathings, where it is said with his very own fingers, and through this he wrote the book just from his fingers, and this enabled souls to breathe for eternity. The book of Thoth was what is to be known as the most important text, which contained his magical formula. This book, it is said that Thoth wrote the book with his own hand, and in it was all the magic in the world. If you read the first page, you have the power to enchant the sky, the earth, the abyss, the mountains, and the sea. You will understand the language of the birds, of the air, and you will know what the creeping things of the earth are saying, and you will see the fishes from the darkest depths of the sea. If you read the second page, 
even though you are dead and in the world of ghosts, you could come back to earth in the form you once had. And besides this, you will see the sun shining in the sky with the full moon and the stars, and you will behold the great shapes of the gods. As we're considering the language of astrology, these archetypes, these signs and symbols that show up in our natal chart, which is literally a map of our cosmic curriculum, our soul's destiny, our dharma, our path that we, our higher self, has chosen for us to voyage on, to pilgrim in this lifetime. And Mercury itself has such a deep connection to Thoth. In fact, the Greeks, the Romans, received these concepts from the ancient Egyptians. I would love to encourage you as an avid listener of Star Stones and Stories. And if you're new here, welcome. But I'd love to encourage you to transform your relationship with Mercury retrograde instead of falling into the pop astrology conversation of fear and drama around Mercury retrograde and the blame and the jokes, which, yeah, I mean, some of those memes are really funny, but let's instead step into the mystery. Let's step into the liminal with this Mercury retrograde. We have in astrology, Mercury represents the mind-soul connection that teaches one how to navigate the realms of spirit and matter. Matter being this earthly realm, spirit being the otherworldly, the underworldly realm. Mercury has often been seen as a hermaphrodite carrying a neutral energy that is not feminine nor masculine. And Mercury is a frequency where Mercury lives in our chart. It shows how we think, how we're analytical, logic, how we use intelligence, how we communicate, how we utilize language, what can be proved by the five senses, and how we might express that. Mercury is really here to build a bridge between the conscious and the unconscious mind. So, where we are very intelligent and where we are more creative and liminal and to integrate into conscious awareness what is operating in the hidden depths of the psyche. And it is these mercury retrogrades that assist us, that allow us to go into the hidden depths of the psyche. Mercury retrogrades are very beautiful, potent times. And right now in this current mercury retrograde, we also have Venus retrograde, and she's been retrograde since December 19th in Capricorn. And this Mercury retrograde itself begins in Aquarius, but will go back to roughly 25 degrees Capricorn. We're beginning in an air sign and then going back into an Earth. Mercury retrogrades are normal and natural ebbs and flows. They happen three to four times every single calendar year. Now the planet is not actually turning backwards. It just appears that way. However, as it goes retrograde, 
it creates more of an inward opportunity of reflection and review and renewal instead of being as more social and uh, communicative out in the world. As we know, Mercury retrogrades can incite travel and communication obstacles, technology obstacles, etc. However, they are natural ebbs and flows of creation. And if we consciously utilize them for their potential, they can be very potent shamanic portals, our connection with the psychopomp frequency. Now, the shadow of this Mercury retrograde, we've actually been in since December 29th. And so that shadow energy was when Mercury was in Capricorn at roughly 24, 25 degrees. I'll give you the exact degrees and dates uh, in, in a few minutes. But I want to say this Capricorn energy is all about its earth energy it's universal, it's about structure and organization and our social achievements and accomplishments. It is what we are building, um, how we are utilizing our energy and um, how we are utilizing structure and foundation to create our, our legacy, really. When Mercury is in Capricorn, we can be very hardworking and disciplined and orderly and um, organized. And this shadow energy can sometimes be controlling or overly obsessed with order or compulsive or fearful or rigid or melancholic. So we might go into that field a little bit in this Mercury retrograde, it, it's it's good to kind of note what is possible so we can be aware. And when Mercury began its retrograde this morning, it was in Aquarius at 11 degrees Aquarius. And Aquarius is an air sign. It's also a universal sign. It's very fixed, traditionally ruled by Saturn. Uh, and Capricorn is also ruled by Saturn, but Uranus would be the contemporary ruler of Aquarius. So the Aquarian Mercury is highly intelligent, very kind of avant-garde, out there, unique, expressing their uniqueness, um, thinking about social change and science and the future and uh, not being afraid to be this like cosmic visionary that's just really speaking to topics that are just being seated and birthed in the collective. This is all about how we are different. And therefore, with Mercury retrograde, there is an opportunity to really express our avant-garde side more our cosmic visionary side and where we are very inventive and genius. However, we don't want to be too out there in our languaging or cold or cut off from our hearts being too detached or ungrounded, which is something that the Aquarian energy can do. 
Mercury began the entry into the shadow of the retrograde on Wednesday, December 19th at 24 degrees, 33 arc minutes Capricorn. And as we know, officially stationed retrograde on Friday, January 14th at 10 degrees, 20 arc minutes Aquarius around 6.42 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now on Tuesday, January 25th, Mercury will shift from Aquarius back into Capricorn around 10 in the morning, Eastern Standard Time. And then on Thursday, February 3rd, Mercury will begin direct motion at 11.13 p.m. That's Eastern Standard Time, 24 degrees, 23 arc minutes, Capricorn. And then finally... On Monday the 14th, we'll transition from Capricorn back into Aquarius and leave the complete shadow on February 24th as Mercury is at 10 degrees, 20 arc minutes Aquarius. So we know that the most intense time of Mercury retrograde is obviously when Mercury is actually retrograde, but it is the day that it stations retrograde and direct that can be the hairiest with communication and glitches happening. However, we really want to include the full shadow picture. So that would be from December 29th until February 24th, because that the story of each particular Mercury retrograde, the the through line of the story comes to life in the entire retrograde journey. So it's important we're including the shadow period as well. And as I mentioned, we have four retrogrades in the year of 2022. And they all begin in air signs and then transition back into earth signs. And I will be speaking more about this in our 2022 masterclass, which will be held in council on lunar in bulk, the new moon in Aquarius. It's going to be a virtual live event recorded from 7 to 9 p.m. February 1st, Tuesday. And I'd love for you to join us. I'm going to go into depth, into the themes of the different retrogrades, the eclipses, some of the other prominent astrology of 2022, and the key signature themes of this year as being the year of the lovers and the tiger and the ancestors and what this all means and how we can really put all of these archetypal symbolic pieces together so that we can bring our medicine alive in 2022 in a stronger way than it's ever been in our entire lives as collective humans. We are now entering such a powerful time for humanity. And I know that we already know we've been living in powerful times. However, we've been doing a lot of deep work, a lot of clearing and dissolving and shedding and letting go. And yes, absolutely, there's more of that to come. However, there's also more prosperity coming our way. There's more potential. There's more creative insights. There's those genius solutions. All of that is going to be coming online 
so much more for each and every one of us. And my prayer in this beautiful Starstones and Stories community is that we can support one another in that growth and evolvement. So if you haven't already joined us in the Mighty Networks platform, there's a Starstones and Stories community that's building and I would love to see you there. I know in 2022, we're going to be collaborating and connecting a lot more than we have been. So it's a good kind of fun way to uh, get to know different listeners. And I want to speak about the degrees of this retrograde. So we have the retrograde beginning at 11 degrees Aquarius. And the Sabian symbol for this is during a silent hour, a man receives a new inspiration which may change his life. Now, this is about the need to rely upon inner inspiration and guidance at the start of new developments. This is all about how can we be open to the descent of spiritual soul forces especially when a new period of activity is about to begin. How does one trust the creative power from within, a power that absolutely can be tapped, or rather that should be allowed to flow from the mind or hands to craft original forms? And this coincides with the star sparks, crows eating the corn that a farmer has sown. It is easy to view that the worst is coming at you, that you are a victim. Old karmic spaces may be attached to darkness, to evil, the shadow. There are depths that very few are actually willing to explore. Our mind may be in the pattern of giving blow-by-blow descriptions of what is wrong in the world, what our problems are, where we're suffering, And as we get into that mind trap, the proof continues to keep coming forth. There is honestly so much momentum for each one of us as humans to think in this way. In fact, there's a billion dollar advertising industry that's been crafted off of this. What you fear and doubt, the outer will supply all of the evidence you would ever need to back your fears up. We know that fear can be an acronym for false evidence appearing real. Or some people would say, fuck everything and run. Because on a certain level, that's exactly what happens in our nervous system when we feel fear. The subconscious mind is seeking and busy ferreting out the truth with appetite. If the subconscious can persist in its investigations, it will eventually be shown the whole truth. And this whole star sparks is all about the psychopomp journey. Are you willing to go into those depths? And if you are actually willing to go all the way into the void, you will find on the other side your limitless potential. For me, this star sparks hit home so strong as I felt like this was such a beautiful way on one level to describe my experience 
in that void eclipse portal, especially when I was in Kemet, because my body was doing certain things, right? Like I was on pilgrimage, I was going to these beautiful temples, I was interacting with these beautiful women. So much was happening around me that was nothing other than pure joy and celebration of life. However, what was happening deep within me was definitely a psyche death. I really felt myself getting into the space of literally going through that eye of the needle into some of my greatest fears, facing each of them, really, and coming to that place of just being willing to fully surrender, like what it means for the mind when you actually fully let go. That's powerful because when we fully surrender, then we allow source consciousness to hold our hand and we create a mutual reciprocity where we are co-creating with the other world. So this 11 degrees Aquarius connects us to ecstasy and really wishes to create space for us to have visions and to connect deeper into our intuition, to invite angelic beings and ascended masters into our lives, to seek the highest vibration through transcendental practices, through writing, through meditation, through any kind of true, authentic ritual that connects you with your source, your intuition. And the affirmation that is born from this is, I realize my best ideas are born from deep inspiration. If we consider just this 11 degrees Aquarius, the signature from which Mercury, known as Thoth, has gone retrograde, that alone shows us what each one of us is being asked within this liminal space of this Mercury retrograde. And that is so much about practice and devotion and really anchoring in to our intuition and journaling and capturing our dreams. So I invite you to bring that into your life over this Mercury retrograde portal from now, at least through the beginning of February, if not throughout the entire month of February, it will serve you on such a deep level. And I'll be speaking more to this in the 2022 masterclass, which you can sign up for through the show notes, or you can just hop over to my website, earthseedtemplearts.com. And if you scroll down under um, upcoming events, you'll see where you can join us. I want to say that practice, daily devotional practice is so important for 2022. We've known that for 2021 and 2020 and 2019. However, yes, there's still more that we will be dissolving and letting go, but now we're really in a a phase of building anew 
And as we're building anew, you want to build on structures and foundations that you're proud of. And that's exactly what Venus retrograde and Capricorn is activating for you to do in your life right here, right now. And this brings us to when Mercury stations direct at 25 degrees Capricorn. Now, I want to let you know that this is the degree that Jupiter and Pluto met up in their conjunction in 2020, and they went conjunct three different times in 2020. So that was a piece of the pie. It was a very large pie where we had all of these different great conjunctions happening that affected us culturally. We had the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction. We had the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. We had the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction. We had Eris squaring Pluto. So much happening. So much happening. And this 25 degrees Capricorn is the signature that Mercury retrograde will be going direct and that direct motion will be on Thursday, February 3rd. The Sabian symbol for this is a store filled with precious oriental rugs. This is about the use of cultural and artistic processes as a means to enhance personal comfort and appreciation. As we consider rugs, we can shift from the material realm to a space of transcendence realizing how beauty is the tapestry that weaves culture and peoples together. Many of us know as a rug as something that someone may sit on or stand upon. And there are cultures where the rug is sacred. It is a rug for prayer. As we know in the Islamic world, a prayer rug is inherently magical. In ancient Egypt as well, the the rug has a very important place as it is woven with seeds and intentions. And so the question is, what are the intentions woven into the cloth? The star sparks for 25 degrees Capricorn is a woman wearing a mask made out of butterfly wings. We are visible creatures everywhere we go. Someone sees us, they witness us, they assess who we are based upon how we seem, what impressions we may give in an outer way. And the question is, how do you pierce your own disguise? A different world may dawn, one that diverges, that transforms to become an archetypal embodiment of a greater way of being to be disguised, veiled with structures for an everlasting purpose. To do the world, to evolve from here, a charm that is metamorphosized into self-composed wings of an authentic kind, to be boundless, to be limitless, to be one who serves all. With this signature of 25 degrees Capricorn, there is a frequency of how are we in service? How does one enjoy life, recreation, have like a really balanced lifestyle and an appreciation of beauty at the same time? This is about a colorful, intricate, 
and splendidly woven life path? How does one utilize their abundant energy and persuasive communication skills? This signature comes the affirmation, I am beautiful and my soul radiates many colors. I want you to know that the Sabian symbol was sourced from Dane Rudyard. Elias Lonsdale is the source for the star sparks. And Marina Costello has a beautiful book that brings minerals and astrology together as well. This Mercury retrograde is asking us so much about the duty to devotion and practice. I believe that's even more emphasized because when Mercury stations retrograde, Mercury is conjunct Saturn in Aquarius. When I cast the chart, Capricorn is rising in the east and therefore Saturn rules the chart. Venus, Juno, the Sun, Pluto, Mercury, and Saturn are all, are all in the first house ruled by Saturn. There is definitely this call to utilize this Mercury retrograde period to be really disciplined in our meditative practices, in our devotion, and to see it as a sacred art, a reciprocity between this world and the other world. This brings us to the Cancer full moon, which we will experience on January 17th. That's a Monday, a moon day. And here in EST, it will be at 6.48 p.m. We know of the moon as being a reflection of the soul as the great mother and speaking so much to our inner life where we are passive, where we receive, where we absorb and reflect, where we hone in on our instincts and our intuition, all that is not conscious, our past lives, our ancestors, the collective unconscious. And on another level, the moon rules how we nurture ourselves and others. Now, a full moon is when the moon opposes the sun and the full moon rises at sunset and sets at sunrise, being visible throughout the entire night. On an energetic level, this is a time of celebration as there's some sort of outward expression where spirit and matter are merging, where there's a culmination, an illumination from what was seeded in the previous new moon cycle. When we get really technical, there are moons upon moons upon moons of cycles, and so you can also find storylines in that way. However, for simplicity's sake, we're going to say what we seeded with the Capricorn new moon that began the new year on January 2nd, Sunday. We are really bringing to fruit that which was seeded, and so the full moon in Cancer brings a time to integrate the polarities from that Capricorn Cancer axis. We know Cancer as being the home sign for the moon, for Luna herself. And this is the archetype. We see the glyph as the two breasts, the great mother, the all-engulfing mother, who is really nurturing and caretaking and connects to the empress and the tarot. 
Cancer is all about giving and receiving emotional warmth and nurturance and security and can feel very protective, especially of the youth, of children and babies, of the elderly, of animals. And there's so many feelings with cancers. So we know that this full moon is going to definitely stir up lots and lots of feelings and emotions And as I look to the chart, I can definitely see there's going to be a major activation because the moon opposes the sun at 27 degrees, 50 arc minutes, and the sun is in Capricorn conjunct Pluto, conjunct Juno in Capricorn. So the sun where we're collectively conscious Pluto all about transformation, Juno being married to that transformation, what we're what we're really dissolving and letting go of in our foundations, also in our government. It can also be where in that shadow energy there is repression on a certain level. And so this cancer full moon can bring to light where people are being repressed or oppressed, where there is too much authoritarianism happening in the collective. It can also show us in our own lives where we're being too rigid or dominated by fear. So much will be illuminated with this moon, especially how we feel about all of this, how we feel about it individually, how we feel about it collectively, how we feel about it ancestrally in the sense of, are we honoring our ancestors Are we honoring those who have come before or are we recreating certain cycles? And that is something to really look at with this theme around power and control and authority and governments and institutions. So this Cancer Full Moon will allow an opportunity for this to come to light As I cast the chart, the moon is in the 12th house, the sun is ruling the chart, and the sun is in the 6th house with with also Mercury retrograde and Pluto and Juno and Venus retrograde. So there is a call to the body and to our health and to be very disciplined with our bodies. So if you're feeling like in January you do want to start some sort of exercise routine or you do want to change your diet. I'm not saying for New Year's resolutions. I'm talking about really because you're tired of being in the same habitual patterns that don't serve you in your life and you're actually ready to put the pedal to the metal and to create lasting transformation. I'm talking about really shifting the circuitry in your brain so that you can grow and evolve in 2022 and really claim the miracles that are waiting for you to claim. And that is going to require a healthy body. That is going to require vitality, good sleep, good nutrition, clean water, time out in nature, soaking in the sun, grounding to Mother Earth, And that is going to require some sort of devotional practice that allows you to honor yourself in those ways and to not get tripped up by self-sabotage. So this full moon gives us a portal to see 
where we hold ourselves back in these realms, especially around our health and our wellness and our vitality, and how that spills over into creating chaos in our home lives and in our working lives as well. And the reality is you absolutely have all of the power to make change, to transform those old storylines that you know you're ready to dissolve the narrative. The moon shows up in the 12th house really deep in the psyche, wanting to illuminate what is hidden in the psyche. And as I mentioned, by house, it's opposing both both Venus and Mercury retrograde. So there's a real kind of liminal opportunity with this full moon. It's a beautiful moon to meditate, to do ceremony with, to really be quiet and in introspection. And originally, I was going to offer the 2022 masterclass on this full moon, but I shifted it to lunar in bulk because that time feels so much more appropriate with kind of the psychopomp theme, the liminal theme of January. January is just overall this opportunity to review, to reflect, to absolutely begin to map out your 2022, but we're very much in a like a beautiful liminal space and we want to honor that liminal space because the the neturu the elements the ancestors there are so many otherworldly beings ascended masters angelic beings that wish to pour forth messages and creativity in January and so you're going to best receive that when you're crafting time for daily practice, when you're doing some sort of meditation and some sort of body movement and you're journaling, the messages are going to pour forth. I promise you. And in this moon, we also have, as I mentioned, we've got Venus is in Capricorn. We also have Vesta in Capricorn. So there's a devotion, again, to our foundation, what we're building in this new earth, now is the time, if you've not already been doing the work, align your values with everything you're doing in your life. If you don't believe in something, but you're still financially supporting it, you have to change that. How we spend our money and our time is literally our value system. And if you're not proud of how you spend your money or time, this is the time to shift your value system, Venus retrograde. Look at your bank account. Go through your expenses. Are you proud of them? Are you proud of the people you've supported? Are you proud of the companies you've supported? Are you proud where you are sending your sacred time? Because money is time. Venus and Capricorn will so love you for taking the the time to do that and there's also with this venus retrograde as a reminder we will be in venus retrograde until january 29th and she clears her shadow on march 1st she entered the shadow in like the middle of november so her shadow is quite long and 
it's a fantastic time to go through your finances, to, to really clean things up financially and say, okay, like, where am I actually spending my money? Am I proud of where I'm spending my money? Because yeah, on one level, money is sacred. Money is holy. It's the currency we utilize to represent our sacred energy and exchange goods and services. And in this Aquarian age, we really want to be proud of our frequency and how we share it with others. This signature of 28 degrees cancer, the Sabian symbol is an Indian girl introduces her white lover to her assembled tribe. This is about inner rebirth through a total acceptance of the primordial values manifest in the human body and its natural functions. So we can break this down into the anima or the soul is leading the sophisticated intellect to a level of consciousness at which one may operate in tune with the vast process of the biosphere and join with simplicity and the inner peace that modern culture denies. That's a little dense, but I want to invite you to consider the music of the spheres, that being the sound frequency of the planetary bodies themselves. And the star sparks for 28 degrees cancer is a tremendous cave on the banks of a river. This is about waking up within the patterns of the past, finding ease, seeing and knowing, thawing out, getting our bearings in a new world, a karmic turning point, having earned the right to recognize what is bondage and where freedom lies, an extraordinary situation, knowing that the shadow is deep, however being objective to where we have been and its consequences invites in spaciousness, growth, achievement. On Tuesday, January 18th in the morning Eastern time around 1030, we have Uranus in Taurus stationing direct. And we know that Uranus first dipped into Taurus in 2018. In fact, that happened on the Taurus new moon. I believe it was May 18th, 2018. I remember it was the first time I met Elder Maladoma in person and I was sitting with him one-on-one for my very first divination with him. And I knew at that moment when Uranus went into Taurus that there was something deep and profound and quite genius happening. And here I was sitting before a poetry man, a medicine man, uh, a man so connected to the source of his authenticity that he could stimulate that great remembering in so many people in the course of his life. And as I sat there, I, I was coming in just for the one divination, but my higher self was definitely saying, like, you're going to be back for a lot more than this. And I was. And I'm so grateful for all of those times with him in person and 
also grateful for the Uranian energy bringing him into my life and affecting us in all the different ways that Uranus and Taurus is and has been. And we know Uranian energy as the key to our illumination of our super intuitive and our genius potential. Now, it is a higher octave of Mercury, meaning that Uranian energy brings like these massive kind of like thought packages around change, freedom, rebellion. They are eccentric, non-traditional, out-of-the-box, avant-garde transformations that we are being delivered from the cosmos physiologically through the electrical impulses that travel through our nervous system. So Uranian energy is very electric, very much connected to our nervous system, ruling the sign of Aquarius and the age of Aquarius, and is very potent in our lives. And Uranus shifting into Taurus has, in my opinion, been so much about the Earth's liberation, Mother Earth, Gaia, Sophia, the Black Madonna, the void of all the voids coming back to life, power and structure of culture and civilization being restored and renewed to its original, yet as we talked about earlier in this episode, right, it's it's an ancient future cosmological blend in the sense that this is not something that we have done before. And yet it is also very much a hearkening back to our indigenous roots as humans in honor and devotion in love with Mother Earth. And that is exactly why I birthed the course Earth Seed, which is an online nine-week course. We went through two councils last year, and I plan on offering it again in 2022 as a spring council. And Earth Seed for me is the foundation to this mystery school I am building. And I purposely began with Earth Seed because it connects us to the elements, to the mineral medicine, to the cycles of the sun and the moon and the chakras in every human being's body. And all of that connection weaves to Mother Earth who is our sense of belonging. So I hope you're receiving my weekly Venetian love notes so you can stay on the pulse when registration opens up for Earthseed and you can go ahead and mark your calendar. I haven't picked the official start date, but it's going to be around spring equinox on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. So stay tuned for that. And we know of... Uranus and Taurus, I podcasted quite a bit about it last year, especially as one of the first or second episodes that we opened 2021 with. And so that would be like episode 18 or 19, somewhere around there. If you have not listened and you want to dive a little bit more into this Uranus and Taurus energy. 
And in 2021, we went through massive tension, which we're still in the midst of feeling it a little bit right now because we had three squares between Saturn and Aquarius and Uranus and Taurus. And we had the first square in mid-February. The second square, we started to feel the end of July until early August, mid-August. And the third and final square was at the end of December of 2021. And like I said, we're still kind of feeling that. Technically, we are in the square alignment. And now that Uranus is going to be going direct again, Uranus will be moving out of that square energy, which creates tension. And Saturn is like the rule keeper and Uranus is like the rule breaker. And so it's like tradition and new wave culture going head to head on some level. Yes, culturally on a massive level, but internally inside of each one of us and inside of our very homes and inside of our lives and our workspaces and dealing with our children and the earth and all the things, right? That was part of the great, great tension we were all facing and moving through in 2021. And so as Taurus, as Uranus and Taurus goes direct, Uranus is at 10 degrees, 49 arc minutes, which equates to 11 degrees as we look to the Sabian symbol. And this is a water, a woman watering flowers in her garden. And this is about the development of the powers of the mind on which ego consciousness is based. Psycho-mental nature of human beings that takes form out of the fulfillment and transcendence of biological functions and drives. As the roots sow the flowers, what happens to the root system happens to the flowers. When we water our flowers, we're watering the entire plant, right? We are feeding that whole life form. And the star sparks for this is a woman with flames for hair. At one with herself, her instincts, passions, ambitions, hopes, dreams, and fears, she is wildly honest, candid, in connection with her supreme destiny, the perfect microcosm, a bold, blazing bearer, very unique spirit realization. This is about literally burning up with inspiration. And as I was looking to this, it made me think of the Celtic goddess Brigid, and she is so connected to the season of Imbolc Kandalmas, which is about six and a half weeks from Yule, winter solstice. And so we are still in that winter solstice season at this moment, and we are beginning to shift into Imbolc. And as we come to that Aquarius new moon, we have Imbolc, which is so connected to Brigid. And again, we are going to speak more about her and invoke her in the 2022 masterclass that is also in honor of Imbolc and the Aquarius new moon, which in my opinion, I've been sharing here and there through social media and my last podcast that really it's that Aquarius new moon that marks the full-on energetic beginning to the new year of 2022. And so working with Bridget and some other archetypes is going to be really important. So as we think 
of Bridget, she is so connected to that fiery realm of what we could even say is the ancestral realm. And her passions, it's like her, her hair literally becomes flames, which are a bridge to the other world. And the season of Imbolc is all about our creativity. We are beginning to feeling feel the stir awakening from winter the affirmation with uranus in taurus going direct at 11 degrees is i am involved in fruitful relationships so it is all about really boosting compassion and beauty and kindness your self-care your self-esteem and encouraging a gentleness as well Also, on Tuesday, January 18th, we have another major astrological event as the nodes of fate shift from the Gemini Sagittarius axis to the Taurus Scorpio axis. And we know of the nodes of of the moon that they are not actual physical astronomical bodies, but they are points in space. They move in 18 and a half year cycles and are always opposing one another, working together as a unit. The north node or ascending node shows where the moon crosses the sun's path from south to north, and the south or descending node is formed when the moon travels a northerly to southerly celestial latitude. The south node marking where we come from, our total accumulation of our memories from the past, it is part of our path of karma, our gifts, our resources, our shadow, where we may be stuck in life because it feels so familiar and comfortable. Whereas the north node is the dragon's head, it is a symbol of spiritual power and integration. This is the path of the future, of our soul's personal growth. It is the path of our dharma, where we learn to fly by falling down, where we feel awkward, uncomfortable as we leap into the wild unknown. And the nodes of fate are all about the dance of polarity, as both sides must be equally represented. This is about how we Utilize the south node as the base of foundation while moving toward the path of growth as signified by the north node. And we know that the Taurus north node is going to be ruled by Venus. So again, there is that connection to the earth, to nature, to the elements, to asking each one of us what are we creating in our lives? What do we do on the day to day? How do we live our lives as that is what is actually building culture? And Taurian energy is all about what one has. So the archetype of Aphrodite, the lover, the artist, the courtesan, the dancer are very much associated with Taurus. This is about the builder Taurians are connected to the earth. They are farmers and chefs, artists, musicians, very deeply sensual, loving slow food, good wine, high thread count sheets. And 
we know this is going to be a time collectively to really get into our value system because Taurus is all about what do I have? And again, it's like as we're building this new earth, so much of the astrology is asking each one of us to align our value system with our day-to-day rhythms, how we are sharing our wealth around culture and society, how we uplift and elevate one another, who we are surrounding ourselves with, and so on. And meanwhile, we have the south node in Scorpio, which is all about transformation. This is the journey of, we could say, the phoenix going into the flames and being literally burned into complete ash to be reborn again. So this is a journey of self-mastery. However, self-mastery only occurs when we're really willing to go into the depth, into the void. And through that void experience, we come out through another uh, point and we are forever marked. We are never the same. There is an actual journey that has marked us. And so this energy can be quite intense, at times very suspicious, possessive, um, vindictive. And with that, we want to shed, we want to let go of some of these scorpion frequencies. We want to be aware of old anxieties, especially after we have come out of trauma consciously and we're feeling old anxieties. We want to be willing to let go of what we are ready to. We want to learn moderation, to have faith in the material abundance of the world and that it will meet our needs, that there are enough resources for everyone on planet Earth and that your needs are being met. We want to be aware of where we may be manipulative or overly strategizing, where we may be too kind of nomadic or overly secretive, or relying on other people's money and resources. There can be an overemphasis of going to extremes, excessive emotional highs and lows. So please avoid comparing yourself to others, especially in your relationship with social media. How can you utilize these nodal shifts to really challenge yourself in your relationship with scrolling and with utilizing platforms like Instagram and Facebook and TikTok, because there is a uh, hypnotic uh, intention that is placed into those platforms so that immediately you start doubting yourself, you compare, you contrast, and there's like a self-loathing that gets activated. The way forward is to utilize the Taurian calm nature, the stability to build form and structure in your life. This is about embracing simplicity, truth, grounding yourself with daily habits and routines that increase your self-esteem, that make you feel good in your body, that make you feel more in touch with your sensuality that allow you to really live in the moment, to have pure human connection, to tell things exactly like you see them, 
to make your own living, to build your life off of your value system, to stand strong in your integrity, and to have faith in your abilities. The following day on Wednesday, January 19th, we have the sun shifting from Capricorn into Aquarius at 9.39 a.m. Eastern time. And we know the sun is all about our will and the seat of self. And so we're going into that air sign that is deeply focused on humanity at large. And there's going to be a lot of blessings and potential, uh, especially in working in group connections, in uh, creating your art, birthing it out into the world, we are continuing to, you know, follow the flow of the dance of life. And as we continue throughout the week, the following Monday, January 24th, Mars enters Capricorn. So Mars really represents our drive, our aim, our force over the divine spirit. And Mars is so connected to willpower. It is the lower will, the literal vitality of the body, our energy. And Mars has been immutable Sagittarius since December. And then as Mars shifts into Capricorn, this is going to be really beautiful because Mars is going to be working with Venus in Capricorn to bring vitality and willpower to that which Venus and Capricorn has learned on her journey. Mars loves to be in Capricorn. Mars does really well here. So it's going to be a favorable time to begin to take the actions that we've been dreaming about in our 2022. And the following day on the 25th, we come to the last quarter moon of the moon cycle that began with the Capricorn new moon. And as we come to this last quarter moon, we are feeling the darkness becoming increasingly dominant. We are beginning to compost the old. There is a reorientation from what has already happened towards the future. And there's going to be this opportunity as we are preparing for that forward motion Aquarius new moon. So the last quarter moon, the moon is in Scorpio, which can feel pretty deep and and probing and intense. And on that day is when Mercury shifts back into Capricorn. So it's it's going to be an interesting day. I would uh, really pay attention to your words on that day and the documents you sign and send. Generally speaking, when Mercury is retrograde, we don't want to, please don't get married when Mercury or Venus are retrograde. Please contact a knowledgeable astrologer, not a random person off of Instagram. Really invest especially if you're buying a home, you're getting married. It's so important to have Mercury and Venus aligned. However, some people will say don't sign anything when Mercury is retrograde. I mean, that is like nearly impossible. 
it's okay to to do things to live your life. There are certain activities definitely best to avoid. However, uh, we we want to be mindful and strategic when Mercury's retrograde about how we do the mundane, right? It's where we're going more into that liminal space. So I do recommend that because we know the moon is in Scorpio, it's a last quarter moon, Mercury is shifting back into Capricorn on that day. That day, the 25th of January, is a day to just be really cautious and careful. I'm so grateful you've joined me here for another episode of Stars, Stones, and Stories. I believe that these times we live in are absolutely times to connect with our own personal mythology and to access the star alliances through our star family so that we can really and truly go the distance in these times as we're building this new earth. This is a multi-dimensional awakening that we're in the midst of. We are not just talking about planet earth, but I personally believe the entire cosmos is in a level of awakening that is something new and exciting. And we're here on earth on Terra Gaia, where we, through the Earth's Akasha, can access the DNA of the cosmos. These holographic patterns are available to us in this liminal time of Mercury retrograde, as we consider Mercury as Tehuti, as Thoth. There is so much available to each one of us in this time, and I'd love to invite you to continue this work with me through the 2022 masterclass. You can sign up on my website, earthseedtemplearts.com. You just scroll down to the events section and you can register right there. It is on Tuesday, February 1st, 7 to 9 p.m. I also have astrological divination sessions where we can drop in together anywhere from 30 minutes to 90 minutes. There is an option to add on a tarot reading. I am also offering tarot readings as their own divination practice and quantum healing hypnosis technique sessions where together we focus on that which you are looking to heal. In this time, we dive into various incarnations that will bring information and help to support you in your quantum healing. And this is a beautiful, beautiful technique given from Dolores Cannon. Thank you again for joining in this beautiful and blossoming community. There have been nearly 12,000 unique listeners to Star Stones and Stories and over 77 countries represented. In the United States, there's the largest amount of downloads, nearly 11,000 downloads. The second largest is India, over 6,000 downloads. So I just want to give a shout out to my fellow sisters and brothers in India. Thank you for your continued listening And I look forward to building greater bridges and connections 
also Canada, the UK, Ireland, Germany, Australia, and France have pretty phenomenal listening downloads as well. So I'm grateful for all of you, no matter where you live in the world. I would love for you to take a moment, hit pause or listen as I'm speaking and leave a review for this podcast and share it with three friends or loved ones who you know will appreciate it, who have not listened before. I would really love that you take the time to share the podcast and also write a review. It helps grow this podcast. And the more this podcast grows, the more our consciousness is evolving here on planet Earth and the more sophisticated we are becoming with our understanding of not only astrology, but mythology and cosmology. If there are any topics you would love to hear covered, send me a message and let me know. I would love to hear from you. Many blessings. In honor of the Cancer full moon where we can connect the color, the ray of silver to the sign of cancer. Cancer is about nourishment and connecting with the all-engulfing mother. The silver ray weaves that frequency of the Cancerian determination. Silver is a color of sophistication, of cleansing that connects us to our sensitivity, to the mystery, reflecting the light of the moon as it soothes and calms. I invite you to connect with the angel of the silver ray by taking a moment to come seated or lying down in a comfortable position for your body, closing the eyes. So making sure that you're not operating any heavy machinery. You can always pause and come back to this. And as you come into your space, closing the door of any dwelling you're in so that you are undisturbed, turning off any technological or other distractions so that you can be fully present beginning to breathe some deep breaths allowing your body to come into stillness but not forcing it just allowing the breath to be longer and deeper maybe taking some moment to shake out your limbs circle the wrists and the ankles whatever it takes to become more present here and now and allowing allowing your body to become very heavy and the breath to become longer and deeper and as you feel this deepening of your breath you feel the consciousness of mother earth welcome you as she is always here for you and you feel the loving wings 
of this angel of the silver ray to come wrap around you, creating a protective cocoon, like a shell, with this angel of the silver ray standing guard. And as the wings enfold you, you receive a restoration to your personal power. You allow yourself to feel restored in your energy bodies, your energy vortexes, the different chakras from the base of the spine up the spinal column, the chakras in the hands and the feet and at the elbows and the knees, the chakras that are really and truly all in different spaces around your body and through your body and beyond your body, beyond even Tara Gaia herself. And this loving archangel of the silver ray wraps those protective wings around you and encompasses all of Mother Earth herself. So again, your energy bodies are fully restored. The gift of healing is yours. And this soothing silver light spills forth from the moon herself. And any areas that you are suffering from depression or lethargy or listlessness in your physical body, mental body, emotional body, spiritual body, the soothing ray of silver light enters and brings instantaneous healing flowing from mother moon herself and you continue to receive those silver rays and where you are seated or lying down from the moon itself comes this beautiful spiral a large form of energy comes to enter into the space where your body is safely held and you feel the essence of Thoth himself traveling from the moon. You feel his wisdom and presence filling up your space and in his great presence you allow yourself to come back to your pure essence, your truth, your divinity, your soul's purpose. Anything that is not real and true and pure to who you are, who you came to be, who you are meant to be in this incarnation falls away and the silver ray of light allows that which falls away to become a vapor that floats gently out the window and joins the mountain mist. And you continue to breathe long, deep breaths, your body fully relaxed 
and you witness all of your energy vortexes spiraling with vitality. You feel every cell of your body pulsating with vitality. You feel your heart center ever expansive, extending out beyond Mother Earth, wrapping around her three and a half times. You feel the wisdom of the ancients and the future ones to come, gathering in the space with Thoth, being the psychopomp between the realms, the light of the cancer full moon spills through your crown, out the palms and the soles of your feet, and you allow yourself to receive this calibration of the music of the spheres, the ancient future medicine ways spilling through your unique cosmology, activating you in this now moment. And you allow yourself to feel uplifted. You allow yourself to feel joy, breathing in this wisdom and the illuminations from source, consciousness, being at peace, knowing that wellness, happiness, intelligence, and creativity are your divine birthright. That you are truly limitless, that you are boundless. You feel yourself engulfed with love and wisdom the silver light flows through your body, restoring your energy and enthusiasm for all aspects of your life. You receive this newfound strength. And you breathe in long, deep breaths as you do so, the silver ray of light begins to extend through your auric field. And the beautiful beings who have filled your space begin to softly fade away. Thoth himself becomes a spiral of light, moving, vortexing right back to the moon. And the angel of the silver ray continues to hold wings around you and the earth herself. And you receive, you receive all of the multitude of blessings. And you allow yourself to breathe and give gratitude, beginning to wiggle through the fingers and the toes circling through the wrists and the ankles, rubbing together the palms of the hands and the soles of the feet, 
taking a moment to rub the palms together vigorously and place the palms of the hands over the eyes. Breathing in long and deep. And then hugging the knees into the chest, rocking from side to side. Eventually, rocking from front to back along the spine, coming up to sit. And taking your time to integrate back into your day. Blessed be. May Isis heal me as she healed her son Horus of all the pains which were brought on him. Thou, great enchantress, heal me. Save me from all evil, things of darkness, from the epidemic and deadly diseases and infections of all sorts that spring upon me, as thou hast saved and freed Horus. Free me from all possible evil, hurtful things of darkness, from epidemic and deadly fevers of all kinds. And so it is. Dive in with me at earthseedtemplearts.com and you can follow me on Instagram at earthseedtemplearts. Thank you so much for sharing sacred space. My prayer is that we as individuals awaken to the reality that each one of us is a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. Crystallize your medicine.